Welcome to episode 26 of the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I'm your host, Doug Winters, and today's very special guest is Bill Spinner. Bill is the director of catering at the Pierre Hotel, my favorite venue in the entire city. Uh, actually, we're in the middle of a conversation about pronouncing names correctly, so let's jump right in. I'm the band leader, but I don't. I rarely talk oh, okay. to the crowd. And really, the singers do it all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll do everything that has to do with names because I think the worst thing you could possibly do is, is screw that up. Is screw up a name. Yeah, like yeah. like my client this weekend is Kristen D E M A F E L I Z. So wow. I said that's got to be Demophilies. So she goes, Oh my God, you're the first person we ever said. Yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have. And, never... and then I assumed it was Greek because of the way it sounded. Italian? No, Filipino. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Never, and never. I know. that. At the uh, Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. Nice spot. Nice spot. Nice spot. I did, <laughs> did a party there. So in, many venues, though, Doug. It's scary. In Brooklyn? Everywhere. Yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn it's blown has up. taken off. Yeah. Brooklyn's what the village used to be. Downtown. Downtown. Yeah. General downtown. Yeah, Brooklyn Heights is now. But it's even. Like Scarsdale. It's even bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's even bigger because an Upper East Side traditional Pierre client. Uh-huh. We'll go to Brooklyn for a party. That surprised me. Uh, There's one place that I played. I won't mention the name, but it was run so poorly. So it's such an expensive place. And they they had nobody who ran People the party. Don't know Literally, that. if honestly, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. if they didn't have someone like me. You become the de facto. I became the de facto party manager. planner and banquet manager yeah. and everything else. No, I mean, because everything came out randomly but people don't know that and i think right. i think that there's a look there's a vast amount of information out there yeah so people educate themselves pretty quickly right but today there's a lot of people involved in the decision making process and when especially when the bride and groom want something different they want to do something edgy they're going to pick a venue that may or may not have all the the right elements to produce the party but they assume that if it's out there they're going to be able to pull it together if you go to a place like a museum or an old mansion, especially an old mansion, like up in Westchester or in Southern Connecticut or mm -hmm. Northern Connecticut, right. they might not have had the electricity done since World War II. No. <laughs> you know? So it's almost like going to a tent outdoor backyard party. Yeah. I tell people that they have to a have a generator. You have to have a generator. Right. But in a building like that, you don't even think you need one. They don't you think do. they need one. Yeah. Yeah. But they do. They really do. I, I say, listen... Trust me, I am not padding my bill. I'm not even, I, I don't even know the name of a generator company called yeah, Stanford Tent find or something. One. You know, right. you, you find it, yeah. you know, and pay for it. But trust me, you're going to need it. Especially for you. This and, is what, it. and what if the power blows and the lights go out? Yeah. Worst of all, if you lose the band, I'd rather dance in the dark. <laughs> yeah. the, the bar will be okay. Right. But if you lose the band, you're done. So this is actually very much of a treat. I'm sitting here with Bill Spinner who has been the general manager of the Pierre Hotel. Director of catering. Director of catering for over 25 years. Right. Sounding like I'm buttering him up because we've known each other for 28 years. <laughs> but Bill is the one, the one constant in for 28 years. Because my, my, the first question I wanted to ask was, how has the Pierre maintained its platinum reputation for so many decades? There are places in the city that used to be great that are now like, old haunted mansions. <laughs> there are brand new places that just people put up and say, oh yeah, let's have a wedding here. Um, and then there's the Pierre that stands almost alone. Maybe the St. Regis, 
But the Pierre, the something about the Pierre never took on an air of stuffiness. And I've played here well over 100 times. It always brings in a certain kind of clientele that's hard to describe. Right. It's not... And the Pierre is not like hosting a wedding in a, in a backyard where you're really building the foundation for the wedding to take yeah. place. And so you have a great structure already. So well, that's, actually, that's it does become, in, the, in that respect, a little bit more affordable. Right. But we've done weddings half a million to a million dollars, which, yeah. you know, is a tremendous amount of money for <laughs> yeah. a six-hour party. So? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I still think so. And <clears throat> we can all get a little jaded when we talk about the cost of a wedding and what, what things cost when we're talking to clients. But you really have to take a step back and think, look, this is real money we're talking about, and we're here to advise and guide clients and you have to really still remember the value of what all these different elements of a party cost. But no, weddings can be very costly. You know, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast. Um, my favorite guy is this guy, Bill Simmons. Okay. So, and he had on this woman. She was, she's a celebrity divorce lawyer. Okay. And she was talking about our industry. And she said, you know, you could spend a half million to a million dollars on a wedding. And you'll look at the contract of the band. You'll look at the contract of the florist. You'll look at the contract of the photographer. Yet, if you bring up the concept of a prenup, the biggest contract that you're signing is the rest of your life with right. somebody. And Simmons says, well, I never, I never did it because mm -hmm. I figured if I was walking into a wedding, a marriage, assuming I'm going to get divorced, why get married? Well, I think it goes back this to... This is coming from a divorce lawyer. Yeah, right. you know, you know, <laughs> exactly. The worst part of... But a wedding thinking. is still a very romantic concept. Uh, well, the concept is that you'll be together forever. And I think that's, that's what everybody wants to believe. And everybody walks into a marriage, certainly with that expectation. Trying to put black and white legal contracts to that certainly doesn't feel right to most people. Obviously, it happens. And there are many, many instances where there's a prenup. But... I still think it, it has a connotation of, of doubt. Yeah. And That's right. I, like, I when think, is this going to end? Right. I think the people in our business that have the hardest job are photographers. Because they work beforehand, they work the night of, and then for weeks and weeks, sometimes months afterwards. We're producing all the... Uh, although, I might guess, I'm not a photography person, but I might guess it's become a little bit easier on the digital world, although now you, you know, the average photographer will shoot two, 3,000 shots as opposed to film, which was very expensive, especially high quality film, yeah. you would be a little bit more selective in your shot. One of the podcasts I did with Andy, Andy Marcus. Oh, you did? Great. And Andy's, he said that there's, <laughs> there's an expression known as spray and pray. Mm -hmm. And he said the problem is that you have to Somebody has to physically go through every single one of them. So do you really want to take 6,000 shots of a Saturday? If, let's say you did one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And not, you if you're doing, not if you're doing the editing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I think the, the, chemistry, the chemistry with a, a great photographer and the bride and groom is really what creates the great photos. Yes. I mean, all these, you know, many photographers are obviously excellent craftsmen, but mm -hmm. that being able to create the chemistry between the bride and groom I think is going to create what turns out to be the best photo. And you have to develop a relationship. And yeah. it's the same with what I do and, and what the band leader will do. Yeah. If you walk in cold oh, and sure. you're not really excited about someone's wedding, it's going to be hard to convey that to everybody else that you work with, your team, right. my team. Right. You want everybody in the room to really be excited for that one night. Obviously, they do wedding 
week in, week out. But right. there's still that moment of being excited about what you're doing on a Saturday night. It feels like an important night of the week. Yeah. And getting wow. everybody else excited about it is part of the magic that makes a wedding feel like it should feel. You're right. I It's up to me to instill in the guys and say, I have a relationship with these people. These people are important to me. Not to mention, you know, you have pride in what you're doing. But I mean, like, yeah. you should like these people. These are yeah. really nice. And that's what I think happens. It definitely happens on our end, too. Yeah. Um, and now the the circle of people that you're getting that, building that relationship with has grown. Because years ago, and as you said, I've been here a long time, you really worked with the parents of the bride traditionally. And, and right. very often we wouldn't meet the bride and groom until the weekend that they check into the hotel. Right. Of course, that's changed dramatically. Usually now we meet the bride and groom first, and they're one of the key deciding factors of where the event will be. Of course, we meet the parents. Usually we meet both sets of both. Well, right. Not <laughs> always, but many times. Yeah. We meet both sets of parents. We often meet a sister or brother who's also very excited about the wedding, and, and their thoughts and opinions matter. So you're building this relationship over a long, long time. And... We tr- what I like to do is spread that out a little bit. <clears throat> so we do a tasting with all of our weddings. Mm-hmm. And then they meet the chef. They meet our executive chef, our um, banquet chef. They meet our maitre d'. Okay, so for so, someone who's never been at a tasting, tastings are who comes? Who's invited? So much, well, tastings are a lot of fun. So we try to do the tasting three to four months out, not too early. You know, because you want it to be seasonal. You want mm-hmm. people to have given it a lot of thought and 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 as you get closer to the wedding date, you've really zeroed in the, on the style and the type and the look and the feel of the wedding. So we usually do three or four months out. It's generally six six people, usually bride and groom, um, both sets of parents or immediate friends. Before the tasting even happens, we have to go through all the different selections and narrow the menu down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that night, they'll try all the different appetizers, main courses, desserts. So they haven't made a menu yet? No. We, together with the client, have narrowed down all the different choices because there's so many different options today. And then we prepare all of them for people to taste. And it becomes a lot of fun. You feel like you're on top chef and you're you know, judging the food. You're moving things around. You're creating really the vision that you want. Yeah. And our chef is very involved. They come in to talk to the clients, see what they like, adjust to, you know, the look of the plate. So there's a lot of interaction between all of us. But we really get everybody involved. Our maitre d', uh, who's also been here at the hotel for close to 20 years also. We're all talking about the timing. We really start getting into the, the nitty-gritty of the event, yeah. including the food. So it's a good opportunity for us then to ask all the questions, talk about, you know, the menu, the timing, uh, we go in, we check off all the other boxes for the vendors, what they're doing, and try to make it a really cohesive feel for the for the wedding. Right. But it, it's it's a lot of fun, and I think that opportunity of meeting everyone, like you were saying, yeah. everybody becomes vested then in right. in the event and yeah. the personalities that make up the wedding family. And then we talk about all the different after party food at that point. We can talk about the cocktail reception the different station options, hors d'oeuvres. I mean, it becomes a, a fun evening of food discussion. People are so tuned into food and food trends. Clients are so informed. Uh, everybody eats out, especially... Somebody think, said the chefs are the new supermodels. They really are. Our chef, our pastry chef, if and many of our wedding couples will follow them on Instagram long before the tasting. No so kidding. So they have, they have a very good sense of what the chef's preferences to 
excuse me, preferences are, repertoire is. Wow. And, oh, it's fun because they really get to know them even before you sit down. Oh, that's interesting. It's really great. And I had no them. idea. Yeah. And you think about it even today when we, any of us travel and go on vacation, you see where you've, where you're planning to go. You've looked at the hotel, you've looked at the beaches. You, it feels <laughs> like you've been there already. Very often when they come to the taste and, oh, I've seen that before. So it becomes a lot of fun. Yeah. And we even invite people back then at a, at a second tasting to meet with our bartender and create specialty cocktails really for the wedding, which is a lot of fun. So yeah, that's a fun thing to do with most of our wedding couples. They'll come in and, and have a, a cock, specialty cocktail tasting. And it's a lot of fun because we have a great mixologist at our bar and he'll talk. I mean, the first time I've heard him do it, he says, so what do you guys like? What do you, you know, what's, where'd you meet? You know, what's, you know, where you if you're at a bar, what do you guys drink? And try to create a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a meaning to the cocktail. Oh, so he might literally fun. invent a drink. Oh, often that's the way it works. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And who, who turns down a chance to sit at a bar and have your own cocktail made? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> we can go downstairs after this. And, if you'd like. Absolutely. Like a, a Doug Winters cocktail. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, so that, that just goes back to um, really getting everybody invested in someone else's very special day. And that's really the trick the whole way through from the start to the end of a wedding is what really engages everybody. You're inviting family and friends. It's going to be a great, you know, a great party. They're mm -hmm. not really coming to a wedding for, for a meal. So no. it's not serving right, dinner. Exactly. It's really creating the event and making it fun. I mean, my biggest thing about a wedding and what makes, I think, a wedding at the pier a little bit more unique is obviously it's a very elegant, classic location for a wedding. Yeah. But trying to keep it fun is the overriding, in my mind, the overriding philosophy of a wedding. So you Gotta be just fun. answered that question. Sorry? That's, you've, you answered my original question, which is how have you kept it from being stuffy or being it, becoming old-fashioned after a while? Right. And it's you know, really there are different done, things, you know, from 28 years ago to now. Very I mean, it's different. a different world. But it's a focus on food. It's a focus on presentation. It's a focus on just being a little whimsical at times. And we mm -hmm. have, and you need a lot of great creative people behind you. The how, chef would you and, how would you describe that? I mean, whimsy can, you know, there's a lot of ways it's a great to describe word. it. Whimsy I love it. Great I happen word. to love the word. Um, but, you know, we do, we have a wedding coming up in November and they wanted to do something a little different. I mean, it's a very formal wedding. Um, it's probably 300 people, but they wanted the food to be fun. Right. And well, the Grand Ballroom hold, holds what? 300? Our, most of our weddings are in that two to 350 to three, range. Yeah. So this is about 300 people, and they want to do something fun. So we sat down with the chef and just talked about what they do, what restaurants they go to. So we're actually serving a choice of an amazing burger and, really? and fish is the second option. But okay. You, know, you come to the pier, and it's such a right. You never uh, think you know, of a burger, some unexpected, fun thing. And right. we make an amazing burger, a basket of fries or onion rings. So <laughs> oh my god! It's just kind great. of thinking of. So I think that's a little whimsical. Um, passing little fun things on the dance floor. A pastry chef who is really terrific. He likes to do plays on old-fashioned desserts. You know, pop tarts, um, things with pop rocks. You know, fun, fun retro. Dessert items that will pass around the dance floor that are completely unexpected. Right, while people are eating. While people are dancing. A, a and you know, we really want to keep people on the dance floor. and like not a little like ice cream cone. Or ice cream cones. We take that to something that's yeah. completely different. Right. We do um, a lot of like 
alcohol-based desserts. So you're getting a little bit Smart. of <laughs> a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of dessert. It's you know, anything like that that can be whimsical. Certainly, the the decor um, plays a big part in creating that look. But we try to balance that out with the food and beverage side. The one thing about the pier is that it's so elegant without being stuffy. I, I hope I'm describing this. Would you, would you say that that was Yeah, I think the Pierre is, like I said before, it's classic, it's elegant. It has a, gr I love the, the feeling of privacy when you walk into the Pierre. It's almost like walking into a beautiful Fifth Avenue apartment building. It has that sense of permanence too. So, you know, and a wedding is so special and so important. You want to be able to look back and always remember a place that's still here and still represents the same type of atmosphere that you got married in. We do. That's we, Oh, that's a nice thought. I yeah. love that. And I think, you know, I don't know if people consciously select a venue knowing that, but it certainly plays, I think, subconsciously into people's decisions. We've done, I can't tell you how many second and third siblings weddings oh, nice. in the same family, which is not often. Yeah, you know, I know that you don't get that. Siblings want to do something different, but right. I feel there's the, you know, people love the bones of the Pierre and then knowing that we can really create a very different experience each time. I think we this, have a lot of return. There's something about this, this, this specific place. Like you're right on Fifth Avenue. There's a million places to park around here. Uh, the, literally Central Park is f 10 it, feet away. It's the perfect photography opportunity. It is use, like, yeah, it, it is the perfect location yeah. and it's a magnificent room and I've never heard anybody say anything bad about the place, which is really a, just a tribute to you. Yeah, I think, it, you know, the, the Pierre has a great flow. We have a separate room for the ceremony. It moves right into a cocktail space and right. then into the grand ballroom for dinner. Yeah. But the elements that really make a difference, as we talked about, it's, it's the staff. It is, you know, everyone's commitment to delivering an exceptional product. And I think that goes down very deep into the company that Taj that runs the Pierre. They're mm -hmm. very committed to maintaining the highest standard for private events. We want, we really do represent, and I think the private events at the Pierre represent what the Pierre is all about. It's yeah. a very well-known, especially in the tri-state area, it's, it's what society in New York expects especially for private events. And the, it's always been a big element of the PR success. When you first started, uh, what were your first jobs in the industry? And how did you, when you landed here, how did you say, okay, I'm home? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in the business. My grandfather was a chef. My father and he opened a restaurant together. And my father subsequently ran it. Oh, wow. And I honestly grew up, we had a small inn and restaurant. And I grew up, Honestly, doing everything there was to do in a family business oh, from the hotel side and the kitchen side. Now, where'd you grow up? In Hershey, Pennsylvania. So the really? restaurant was in? The Hershey. restaurant's been in our family. My parents uh, retired, so they sold the restaurant a number of years ago. Was it a hotel as well? Or just uh, we had a small hotel okay. and a restaurant. But the restaurant really was what my family's background was. So mm -hmm. um, that's really where I spent most of my time, on the kitchen side of the house i went to a uh, went to penn state to the hotel school always thought i wanted to go back and work in my parents business and work with them mm. 
I was there probably two months and decided this is not going to work. <laughs> so, and, I, and in those days, there wasn't a fax machine. It was just sending your resumes. Oh. And I sent my resume to the PR and got a very, very nice rejection. <laughs> so okay. I was like, wow, that hurt. Um, <laughs> At least and, they were polite. Sorry? At least they were polite. They were very polite. So I kept it. I ended up working at Windows on the World. This is in 82. Fabulous banquet space. The, the, the restaurant, everything about it was new. I mean, California wines were just hitting the kind of apex yeah. of interest. And they had an amazing wine program with awesome. Kevin Zarelli. So this was, it was an exciting place to be and a, a very busy place. So I loved it. I worked in the back of the house at, for a year. Describe back of the house, front of the house. Just well, for, I mean, for the in the back of the house could either be from a culinary side or... I was actually in stewarding, which really everything but the food. So it's the. All right. What's stewarding? I literally never heard oh, that word. Uh, so it's really organizing the everything but the food. So the culinary, the glassware, you know, you can simplify it. Just say China glass silver. You're kind of in charge of all those aspects of okay. the back of the house. Yeah. So I worked there for about a year and did get a call back from the pier. And so there was an opening. All right. And they were looking for someone in stewarding. So I, I accepted the job right away. Came and you were doing stewarding at, at Windows? At the Windows in the World. So I came to the Pierre, and I remember walking in for the first time, and I was just, I was amazed at, at how the, the place felt and looked. It just seemed so oh, regal. I had never even been. Oh, that's I funny. I applied blindly. So I just could not imagine anything more beautiful at the time. Yeah. So I took the job, and... Maybe a year later, was asked if I wanted to work in the catering sales office, and just out of the blue, kind of ended up doing catering sales. Wow! And I guess at that moment, it was probably 1983, 84. Right. Decided that's what I wanted to do. Haven't haven't looked back. That's so amazing. I did leave for a couple of years and left to open up the Rainbow Room right. when Cipriani was operating the Rainbow Room. And then Taj. That, by the way, is my second favorite place. It's a great spot. It, it still might is be tied a great spot. for first because it's just so classic. It's unique. It's, it's so a, unique. It's a I mean, New York you get the feeling like when you're playing the piano and the thing, you say, Count Basie played here. It has a great legacy. It has a great New York presence. Yeah. Uh, very different in many aspects to the Pierre because being in a hotel, you can right. offer so much more to a wedding. And, and I love that. Right. And so for anybody who doesn't know, if you're at the Rainbow Room, it's literally 30 Rock. Right. I mean, it's literally an office building on 49th Street. Yeah, it's where they take the Today but Show it's, and the it's, it's, it's a It's a great venue. And then you I go to the 65th floor like, and you're in a different world. I still like going back. Yeah. You and the atmosphere. It really is amazing. So I was there for about seven years. Right. And Taj Hotels took over the management contract of the Pierre. Now, where is Taj based? Taj is based in Mumbai. So it's a very large Mumbai. global. Oh, really? A global hotel company. So they have nothing to do with like the Taj Mahal. No, no, no. In in Vegas or anything. No, like no, that. no. It's okay. uh, Taj Just, Hotels. Okay. A very large hotel company, international hotel company with over a hundred hotels based in Mumbai. Fabulous um, hotels, and what makes Taj Hotels such a great match with the Pierre's in in India we operate many of the palaces. So Taj is very connected with that oh, history. And luxury of a property like the Pierre. Nice. So it was a very good match. And yeah. They took over in 2005, and I came back to the Pierre then, and I've been here with them since. Travel around and go to the other Taj places. Not or too much. Too busy? Not too much. You know what I mean? It's like it's like all right. If I'm not working, 
I want to be traveling. I want to be home. <laughs> you know? Well, I did go last October to Mumbai and, and stayed at the Taj in Mumbai. And it was, it was an amazing experience. Taj and Indian hospitality mm. is really at another level. There, it's the, so much respect and so kind and genuine. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating for someone in the service business to feel that genuine and caring service. It was. It was. When you come back, do you want to bring some of that back with you? Well, I think Taj has done a good job in bringing that to the culture of the PR too. We've always had a very strong service culture here, and I think the the combination of the, the service culture that we had with Taj's also their level of service and that respect and caring and genuine service. It's really about genuine service. So it's been exciting being with Taj. So, how, so we're at a hotel. Like, who do you answer to? We have our general manager, Francois Luigi, who's okay. been with us now almost three years. Um, he really operates the entire hotel and in catering report to him directly. Right. And he's very actively involved in the catering side, which is fun. Mm. You know, you don't want to do this well, so alone. Much of a part of you it. want to do this with someone that yeah. is very supportive. Yeah. And he really gets that. So yeah. it's it's nice. Plus we have a great team. We have a great chef, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Amazing pastry chef. Um, the service side, another gentleman, Chris, who's you know Chris Doug, I'm yeah. sure you've met him many times. Uh, he's been here with me for probably twenty years. So it's great having that That's support. That's probably answered a lot. And it also makes work fun. Yeah, you know, We're here long hours. We're here weekends. Yeah. You give up a lot like everybody in this industry does. Yeah. And if you don't like the people you're working with, it's not that much fun to come to work. So. I know. And, and when was the last time you went to an event on a Saturday night? That's you know? usually when you check the box, cannot yeah. attend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm working so my wife goes by herself. So I, uh, you know, it, it's true. And you're, but you're at great events. You're with yeah. fun people. Yeah. One thing about my job that keeps me interested in doing the same thing for all these years right. is the clients that we meet. It is di- every day. Certainly we do many of the same things, but mm-hmm. the personalities are so different. And people that are hosting events at the PR are really interesting people from yeah. all different backgrounds, all different um, you know, work experiences, histories, and you're working with fun people creating a very special occasion. So it's yeah. hard to grow tired of it. I just want to go back for a second because I have you. Uh, this is such a great opportunity. I don't, I don't want to keep you all day. No, no, that's fine. Um, when you say when people check into the hotel, and when, when do they check in? Well, Let's I say like, they're getting married on Saturday night. They check in Friday? What I like about being here and being able to do what I do, especially for the social clients that we have, mm-hmm. is you really create a whole experience beyond just those six hours of the party. Right. And obviously it starts early on with booking of the event and planning, going through all the sequence of planning the event. And, you know, I, I try to say this to everybody at least once. It's the most expensive six hours that, that you'll have. I use so those exact words process, so many times. Yeah, the process of planning the wedding should be as much fun. Yeah. Um, but to that point, checking into the hotel for the weekend, it's such a big occasion. Yeah. All of our brides come in the day before, are able to check in, relax, get settled in. Often we'll do a rehearsal. Then they'll go to rehearsal dinner, usually off-site, come back to the hotel, and then the next morning... Now, will their friends also be in the hotel? Most of our weddings will have a room block, and they have friends and family staying in the hotel. Okay. But that differs for every Mm -hmm. every family. 
but Especially if they live in the city. Yeah, it depends on, on the makeup of the families. Right. But the bride checks in Friday, usually for a Saturday wedding. We have the same arrangement for the groom. They would be staying at the hotel. And then they're here for two nights. Most often parents are here. And it really becomes a weekend of an event. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get to. Whether whether there's a brunch the next day or, yeah. or not, it doesn't really matter. Is they usually? I'd say 50% of the time. After the rehearsal, they'll usually do a rehearsal dinner off-premise. Oh, okay. And then the wedding here on Saturday. Okay. and Just to change it up a little bit. So Saturday morning or Saturday day, this is not up to you to make it. It's not summer camp. I mean, they have they have things they're going to be doing. Well, hair and makeup probably start nine o'clock in the morning. Everything right? is very programmed today. Yeah, There's a timeline yeah, yeah. from way oh. on earlier in the Susan week. Susan Bell told me that she literally does a timeline, you know, to the minute. Oh, everybody, yeah. It's it's a yeah. it's a and you know it's very helpful. Everyone knows what the next step is. Yeah. And obviously the day of, there's a little bit of variation. We don't, we don't go by the minute, but we kind of know the sequence and it's very helpful for the clients to know the sequence when they need to be ready. But that day is all about hair and makeup. But again, making sure it's still fun, making sure the environment is relaxed. That's why we have a large suite for the brides. They're usually their friends. We'll do hair and makeup together. You want the, the day to be an experience also. Right. And that's what's great about it. So the hotel. hair and makeup person will literally come with their staff and with their... With their team, is what team. you're saying. The, the team, is that <laughs> it's right? It's a hair and makeup team. Like, how big is it? It depends. It's funny. I was going to ask you. I have, I have yet to interview somebody in hair and makeup. It's, I, I'm sure it would be a unique interview because they're so focused on you know one element, which oh, I, is yeah. the look of the bride and groom. Very yeah. often the mother... And the bridesmaids, right? There's a lot of pressure there too. You know, oh, yeah. you see what they're dealing with. Everybody is very focused on obviously how they're going to look and the photos. And do they stay? Do they keep a? Do some most? Often, I know this isn't your part. No, no, no. But most often, a hair and makeup person will stay throughout the end of the ceremony, beginning of the cocktail reception and dinner, oh, okay. and then and then things just take yeah. its actual course. Right. But you certainly <laughs> want people there for last-minute touch-ups. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's still my most fun part of a, of a wedding at the pier is since we're, we have the chance of doing so many wedding ceremonies. Yeah. I think that still is my most fun part. Is there anything you haven't seen? Like, I'm sure you've like, done an Indian wedding. We do quite like a bit of Indian. Orthodox wedding. You know, I've probably done... Check those boxes, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I've seen a lot. Uh, we certainly do a lot of conservative uh, wedding ceremonies. We do quite a number of Indian ceremonies because yeah. we are a Taj hotel. Oh, and I didn't even think With that. our background, we can also do the best Indian food in the city. Which oh, is really wow. fascinating that we have the ability to do very classic, interesting um Western food and backed up with a great culinary team that can do fantastic Indian food too. And the Indian weddings, I'll tell you, they're so interesting. Oh, they're they, a lot of fun. The costumes, the colors, the, yeah. t- the timing of the events. Yeah. They're, they're much longer. Much longer, yeah. Especially when you're doing a barat. I don't know if you're familiar with a barat. No. Um, so the groom, very, and this you know happens all over the city, but it's fun when you see it on Fifth Avenue. The groom mounting a horse with all of the groom's friends and family parading down Fifth Avenue. On a, really? sat- on a Saturday afternoon, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> they have to get a permit and all that kind of stuff? Yes, you really should get yeah. a permit. Uh, although people have tried without it. <laughs> different <laughs> would... degrees of success. Yeah, yeah. But it's a lot of fun to see that coming down Fifth Avenue. And yeah. more people that are just happen to be... Which on, might be an elephant in India. <laughs> which often is. Yeah. 
but it's fun to watch everybody else that's happens to be on Fifth Avenue at that moment, Checking watching and taking pictures. Yeah. It's really exciting. And it's on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Fifth Avenue is a magical name. It is. Um, it is. Central Park Pierre, is Central unique. Park is a magical name. The Pierre yeah. Hotel is a magical name. No, we're we're really lucky to have this location. Yeah. And in a relatively small hotel, a very large banquet facility. So I think that's a great differentiation between the Pierre and, and many other venues. It's a small hotel that has, you know, that more boutique feel, mm -hmm. but we are able to do larger events. Just to go back to that weekend concept, is there like breakfast the next morning or is that offsite or is or that people checking out already? Very often the, that's not the families thing. will do brunch here. Mm -hmm. Also, if there's a lot of families that are staying at the hotel, then almost always there will be a brunch. Right. But I'm sure you've seen it, it's not just the wedding on the Saturday night. It extends right. into an after party. An after party is almost yeah. every wedding today will have an after party. Mm -hmm. And that kind of extends the, the wedding into the early morning hours. And yeah. then the next morning, typically, there's a brunch. Right. So it is a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is fun. By the end of the weekend, we know everyone in the family. So. Which is great, isn't <laughs> oh, it? It is a lot of fun. It is great. And, and we're lucky that you see a lot of the same clients. So yeah. there's even crossovers at parties that you, you know people that you've done weddings what, before. What I find so fascinating is that, like, if, you know, a client books a year in advance, which I'm sure is pretty typical. Yeah. I mean, um, you really do get to know the person. Even if you, you know, you're not going out to dinner with them. But I mean, like, you're talking on the phone maybe. Or a half hour at a time, Absolutely. like maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. You for think like about months. most other purchases in life. Yeah. Even expensive right. purchases. Right. You don't really spend that much time right. working on that project. If you buy a house, you certainly get to know your real estate broker, but you're generally yeah. not dealing with them that intensely for a year. And it's not their job to make sure that you have fun. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, I, I would like to think that they should, but yeah, yeah. different experience. No, it, it's a it's a huge purchase, but it has it's so unique. That it, and it I think we we'll both of us see it see weddings in the same way. Yeah. In the fact that you don't have like ten rooms where one bride's going to bang into another. No, bride. we do one event right a day. So um, it, it's really every you know when you do an event at the pier, you you're essentially buying out the space. You, you don't so have an, you don't have another wedding, and everyone's focus is on the wedding. And that's what I like about being in a smaller hotel. There's a big room and there's a cotillion room, right? Correct. So we'll still only do one wedding. Still only do one wedding. Yeah. Oh, wow. Years ago, you could do two weddings. It was very different. Mm -hmm. People's involvement, the, the attention to all the different details of a wedding. The wedding today literally is a weekend of events. Yeah. Where, you know, you, if you go back to years ago, it, you know, it, people come in, they come to the wedding, the, and, the and they go hours, home. Yeah. It, was, it was very, Basically. very brief. But we would never do two weddings the same night. We really wouldn't be able to give anyone the f attention they need mm -hmm. to really do what we want to do best and accomplish what they want to do. That's my biggest selling point, too, is that we have one band. I, I don't care if your party's from 4 in the afternoon to 8 at, eight at night or from 8 at night till midnight or from 10 till 2 in the morning. It doesn't matter. It's the same four hours and everything goes on like Vegas time. There's no clocks. <laughs> exactly. You know, so even when I have, you have clients like who are maybe uh, conservative Jews who, let's say in May, might have to have a nine o'clock invitation and an 11 to three party. And then, very often those, everyone in those 
those weddings are calibrated to that timeline. That's it. We had a wedding uh, over Labor Day weekend, the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Same thing. It had to start very late because of sundown. Mm-hmm. We served the main course at 1 a.m. Yeah, so exactly. Every, everyone, obviously all the guests that are in that, you know, that really have a sense of the way the timing will go because it's not that unusual for them. Our staff has to adjust to it right. and, and, and really believe in it because you don't want, you know, you don't want people cranky or unhappy that they're you <laughs> yeah, know, serving, no, right. serving a wedding at three o'clock in the morning. But, you know, we have such great professionals that work here, that work together with all of us, that they get it. Everyone gets it. Yeah. So there's really not a lot of education that needs to be done. When they see a timeline that uh, dessert is served at 2.30 in the morning, people get it. And Yeah, you know what? It's the same <laughs> thing with um, Catholic weddings. Like if, the, if they want to get married in church, at three, let's say three o'clock is the last time they can, or three thirty. What do people do between four and and then five and six? So so that so you can have a six o'clock thing and then a seven to eleven, and you do it in the summertime. It's still light out. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of I've, I've had so that, that conversation for you know number of a number of times. I can't tell you how many times where you you talk about what's the ideal time. Where do you find a ceremony that can start a Catholic church that can start a little bit later? Right. So there's less of a gap. Or some people like a big gap, depending upon the weather. People have time to go back home. Yes. No, no, there's a, so many little elements, decisions of timing in the style of the party. It, it's kind of what we do. And, and yeah. having a year to do it certainly gives you the time to, to make all those decisions. Right. And we work with a lot of planners also that are very involved in every aspect of the wedding, even well beyond what happens at the hotel. They're oh, much of course. You know, involved in the decor to a different level than we are. Um, also timing, but then we're looking at all the dresses and oh, I know. You know, every and real detail, transportation, um, gifts and goodie bags to the different hotels people are staying at. Oh There's a and lot then, of coordination. And then you're in New York City, you have to know, sure, you go through because it literally goes through a press your door. It's like, when's the marathon? Well, being on Fifth Avenue, you're very oh, cognizant you're gonna, you're gonna of all the parades. Yeah, you can. That's right. Every parade is on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Actually, we have a wedding tomorrow, and there's the Labor Day parade. Is I was wondering why there are all this, all the, yeah. all the barriers out. But again, everybody in the hotel knows how to deal with that. Yeah, we, of course. We know how to open the streets. We have a very good relationship with the precincts, and you know, we it's business as usual, even on the busiest of parades. Today's world, security is a big element. We're on Fifth Avenue. Uh, Trump Tower is a couple down blocks uh, south. Right. Luckily, just far enough that we're <laughs> a little north, so we have a little bit better access. Right. Um, and being on the corner, we have two streets. We have two act two the Fifth yeah, Avenue yeah, entrance yeah. and the Sixty First Street entrance. First, right. So the hotel is really laid out. During the uh, United Nations General Assembly, we do a lot of host a lot of uh, dignitaries at the hotel. And the hotel is, you know, very well laid out with two entrances to manage you know, oh, that's so heads of state arriving, of different heads of state arriving at the same time, keeping them separate. Oh, my God, that's right. You know, they could be like mortal it's, enemies. It's a very, <laughs> you know, delicate balance with Secret Service and our hotel security to... Do you get involved in that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the weddings, weddings are great. Bar and bat mitzvahs are fabulous. That's yeah. our, you know, Saturday, Sunday hat. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, then yeah, Monday yeah. through Friday, we have... A lot of other galas, Monday through Friday evening galas, we do right. quite a bit of. Um, there's a lot of corporate business that the hotel does during the week. Right. But in the hotel room side, especially UNGA, when you have all the heads of state staying in the city and traffic, just it goes to another level that week. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. You every every t- New Yorker just makes the face you made. <laughs> no, I know because what I was gonna—it's the same thing that I tell my musicians. I'm sure you tell all your employees. It's like plan on plan. getting here two hours early. Yeah, plan it out because there's going to be traffic. Yeah. What haven't we talked about? I think this is great. I think yeah, I think no, this is fun. Really good I'm, sense. I'm impressed uh, that you're uh, that you're hosting these podcasts. It's a lot you know, of fun. well, you know, the concept of it is that's why I'm so delighted to have you. Is that the the concept of it? Is that I want it to be. It's really not a time sensitive thing. Like if like if I interviewed a photographer that someone might like, or you know, a, a party planner from two months ago, it's not. Oh well, I missed that one. So you know, it's not like people promoting a movie. It's not. No, like, it's a great way to just have a conversation. Yeah, and talk about kind of whatever comes to mind. Yeah, which is and fun. it's like if someone was thinking about having thinking about having a period wedding, it's like all right. There's a conversation with Bill Spinner. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I I, um, I was just with a, a couple yesterday, and they're planning. They're still haven't decided, but planning a wedding for next July. And going back to how much information there is out there. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. was walking. We were saying goodbye at the Fifth Avenue door, and she said, "My God, you've been here 21 years." I said, "Wow, how'd you know that?" She goes, "Oh, I've done so much research on you." <laughs> <laughs> so was, I said, "Well, I, I think I'm flattered. I hope it was good." That's <laughs> right. You can know was, everything. But it's it's. You know, it, it reminds you how much information is out there, how well informed people are, as they should be. As they it's should a, be. It's a huge expense. And, yeah. you know, I love dealing with clients that really know what they want, that are really informed, because we, we also are very well informed. And then it makes a great match when we find each other and they have a lot of confidence in, in what advice you're giving and the knowledge you have to help them make a great party. So I love that information sharing. I mean, today, yeah. even, you know, Google Docs, you know, you get back and forth information from yeah. everybody that everybody's sharing. There's so much collaboration between the vendors, the families, but that are sharing it with the hotel. It's it's really, it's certainly the, the future of all event planning is the yeah. sharing of, of information. Oh, yeah. And it certainly is beneficial to us and I think to our clients. It does involve a lot more time on email, but (laughs) and that day, everybody, we have a huge event tomorrow and I'm so comfortable with what will happen tomorrow. Yeah. That's how I feel. We all know what's happening. Exactly. So it's, that's how you want to feel on every single party. You do. It doesn't always happen, but it doesn't. (laughs) Do you have to turn down a lot? Like you say, you do one party in a day. So let's say certainly for, Peak dates, Saturdays in spring and fall, mm-hmm. which is our peak season. You definitely like have April, multiple. May, September, October, November. Well, September is a lot of kind Jewish of, holidays. Depends. It certainly revolves around Jewish holidays too, but yeah. March, April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. And in June, for example, Sundays are more popular than Saturdays almost because of sundown issues. It's because of sundown. Um, September, October, November, December, also four busy months. We don't do as many July and August weddings. Um, we'll probably do six or seven in July and August, which is almost every weekend. Yeah, yeah. But that's definitely our softest little slow, period. Slow down a little there's bit. so many options outdoors and at people's homes that it, it kind of dilutes the wedding market. But the rest of the year, Saturdays and most Sundays are very popular and most will sell. Everybody asks me all the time, it's like, you know, do you, you know, the last my wife, you know, do you go to, Doug's, you know, gigs. I was like, 
no, he's he's concentrating <laughs> very hard. It is work. Getting 200 people dancing, you know, and keeping right. them dancing. And he's, 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 a, he's busy. No, I mean, the industry attracts a lot of people that want to be in the business mm -hmm. because it looks like so much fun. And it honestly is it a is. lot of fun. Yeah. But it is still work. And it's incredible. there are long hours. But fortunately, like most people that really enjoy what they do, you mm -hmm. make it fun. I always think of it as a 12 to 14 hour day. Yeah. Because you really need to be here in the beginning, you know, when people yeah, in, the morning, really do. in the morning, because there's a lot going on in the morning. We're right. not, the party's not going on. People are still getting dressed, but there's a lot of things going on with and the preparation for the space. And, and frankly, I think they should have access to me because yeah. if there's a question and we've spent so much time in preparation, who else would I want them to turn with? Right. Turn to. Right. So, and then really same thing goes towards the end of the party. I, I think, you know, we have such a strong team. I'm not actually doing a lot at the end of a party. Right. Where you're, those four hours, you're, you're oh, yeah. single focus oh, is of course. Yeah. producing Every the party. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of other, you know, people that are concentrating yeah. on various aspects of the party. But I still feel the not just responsibility, but I want to be there to the end. I want to see people yeah. really enjoying all that was planned up until that point. So it's definitely a 12, 14 hour day. Yeah. But do you go home if, if it's a late set in it? Do you say? I've never, I never sleep over. I always go. God, we are so similar. <laughs> I, I feel the exact same thing. I mean, uh, something about recharging, going home, even if it's for a couple hours that it, uh, it it certainly makes a difference for me. Some people, I, you know, some of our staff will sleep over, but yeah. for me, it's a, it's a great uh, way to recharge. Bill Spinner, thank you so thank much. Thank you, this, this is, is great. This is fabulous. Really enjoyable. Thank you so much. All right, good. Thank you again. Pleasure. Need help uh, wrapping up or? No, I'm good. You good? I'm good. <laughs>